0: His eyes, that would be awesome. Welcome to Atlanta. You might want to boost the sound uh, up a bit, Zach. You are Trump now on,
1: but I can barely on. hear the music and I can barely hear you. You can barely hear me? Yeah, you might want to boost everything.
0: Uh, no, it's all set up. And nothing's changed. Are all right, then I'm going to boost it on my end. Are we good?
1: Now we are. All right, all right. All right, right. Hey, Welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about the mugshot of Donald Trump that will be coming out tomorrow and how, like, he needs to get like a, a Make America Great Again tattoo like Post Malone, you know, just under his eye. Like like even Chris Rock's like, you want to make the guy Tupac, it'll be more popular than the Che Guevara shirt. Like Donald Trump's <laughs> mugshot on a t-shirt. It's going to be Whether great. Whether you like him or not, like you got to oh, buy God. that t-shirt. Anyway, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. So glad that you're joining me tonight. I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, come check us out in person. Services at 1030. Uh, Again, we're located off of Highway 316, hence the name Calvary 316. If you're not local, but maybe looking for a church that you can watch online, a good Bible teaching church, uh, calvary316.live is our YouTube channel, facebook.com slash calvary316. Uh, We also stream on Facebook. You can get all this from the church website calvary316.com, but come check us out again Sunday morning at 1030. I'm joined as always uh, in studio by the man that needs no introduction, Dick Dastardly, a.k.a. Pope Creighton Vaughn. How are you, my friend? I am doing well. I'm pumped for the mugshot. I
1: I can't wait. I am so excited. That's It's such a weird choice. Because At least New York and like, D.C. <laughs> were like,
0: we're not doing mugshots.
1: Right. Because it's so obvious. Like for someone who is Trump's biggest strength is marketing.
0: It's right in his will. They're house. just giving no, it to him. Oh my goodness gracious.
1: They're giving it to him, and it's going to be great. And I'm hoping that we get like a dueling banjos version of left and right mugshot T-shirts. Oh, I they'll, think they'll I'm they'll gonna down. buy one of both. They will
0: be. They <laughs> will be equally sought after. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. I'm so excited. Friends. You know, you wonder if the left does a shirt of of Trump's mugshot though, if he can claim some type of copyright infringement, like. Like you can't just like take someone's image and likeness, and just and just make money off of it. I don't know the answer to that, but I'm just might
1: be able to. Copyright laws get weird. Like if you have an animal take a picture with your phone, there is no
0: copyright for it. But because animals can't hold copyright shots
2: are public domain. Oh, by the way, we are also (laughs) joined. We're
0: joined in studio since he went ahead and jumped in. We got as always uh, in the third chair. We've got Spice Daddy. How you doing, buddy? Spicy. What's your shirt? I saw, I saw this a little bit. What did, what did your shirt say? It says say?
2: Uh, Yeet Pray Love. Amen. Uh, you know, pew, pew. Yeet. Uh, yeet. I got it from Cool Carl, coolcarl.com. He's a. Uh, are we getting sponsored by coolcarl.com? I wish we were. Cool Carl, you need to sp- uh, sponsor us because I love your videos, man. But yeah. Somebody needs uh, to tag him, but, uh, tag him. Yeah, I feel yeah. pretty good. I took uh, old Deal Daddy Derek over to our local uh, Asian market, got him some uh, spicy rock Korean noodles, mm-hmm. uh, ramen. It was I, I enjoyed them. Apparently uh, Derek's wife did not. So you yeah. know what I,
0: I will I will go ahead and let you introduce the return mm. of Deal Daddy. So you you yeah. got it, you got it. Here he is, the
2: man, the myth, the legend, the one with all the deals, the one with all the steals of your lady's heart. <laughs> Deal Daddy Derek. That was spicy. Well,
3: that was spicy.
0: That that was was spicy. I, appreciate I
3: appreciate it. Humbled, humbled. Only one
0: right woman now. though. He's a one woman That's man. One
3: woman. That's my baby. Hey baby, I see you at home. Just wanna <laughs> shoot you. Crazy? You.
0: you think she's watching?
3: Oh, maybe she might because I'm here. Only every third week. Mm, every third week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, send her the recording. Hey,
0: you got the you got a good <laughs> mane going, man. Like it's been a while you know, since you've been on the show. This? Yeah, I would like so a little story. I went
3: to go get a haircut today. And today, it was, yeah, it was today.
0: Is that and because you were going to be on the show and you're like, I got to no, clean up? And
3: it was because like I missed. It was for last week and I missed it, <laughs> so I wasn't able to do it. So I rescheduled. Creighton's
0: laughing, by the way, which means your wife is commenting on something. Oh
3: uh, yeah, probably. So like I wasn't going to get it cut, but then uh, decided to just went ahead and decided to get it cut, and um, I got in there today. Like I know both of these, one of the like two of the hairdressers. Um, pretty much my whole life since I was like 10. They've been cutting my hair since I was 10. So they know with all the like prior stuff that had been going on with my brother and my family. So now I get in there, man, and she's like combing through my hair. So she's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, well, you, you're sitting wife, in the chair. I'm sitting in the chair. With oh, the my thing goodness. Around me, man, strapped up. And she said, uh, and I was like, well, my wife said that she likes it a little bit longer. So I think I just want it trimmed up a little bit. Like sometimes I part it in the middle, but this is usually how I keep it. And she was like, "Honestly, it's at the perfect length." And she was like, "This is—it's growing out, and it's kind of flipping out a little bit enough, and it's like it's got thicker all around." So my did hair she like kind of it, trim it up a little bit? She give did it a look. Little- nothing. nothing. <laughs> the other lady came in, and they were both looking at. She was like, "What do you think? What do you think about?" They're both like measuring my hair, like pulling it out in different spots, and like all this stuff. And they're like, honestly, like. I wouldn't do anything to it. I was like, okay, well, what if you trimmed it up and I came back to you like in, in mind of like January, I'll be back to let it grow out. She was like, oh, so i just leave it how it is. So I was like, are you Dude, sure? That's like, I was like, okay. That's <laughs> like going to a
0: plastic surgeon yeah. and getting turned away. 100%. Be like, I can't mess with this perfection.
3: 100%. So no, it was, it was super fun. It was super cool. I was like, are you serious? Like, I, I was like, I, I was like I didn't want to waste your time Like and, and be like, can I give you something? She was like, you go home. With that perfect mane, yeah, I was like, "You lion
0: cub, baby!" There you go, you lion. Deal, daddy, lion cub. Happened today, so. No, that's great. Well, uh, hey, listen, I know this is your first time back on. You've gone through some stuff the last month. Uh, We've 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 told the audience. People have been praying for you.
3: No, man, I'm super thankful for everyone who's reached out to our family. Like, it has been an overwhelming abundance of the Lord just working through other people to bless us and to be there for us, whether it was financially or just words of encouragement. Like, we're so thankful to everybody through this time. Like, it's uh, obviously, you know... The Lord gives and the Lord takes, and we're all his to begin with, so I'm just thankful for everyone who did play a part in all this season.
0: No, totally. Well, hey, man, we love you, and we've been praying for you, and glad you're here, man, tonight. This is great. I'm
3: happy to be here. It's refreshing. I'm I'm thankful to be back tonight.
0: So, Craig, at some point you were giggling, so have we gotten some online feedback? We do, and I don't know if she was talking to uh,
1: Spice Daddy or Deal Daddy. We do have a comment from one Kelly who says, (laughs) watch yourself.
0: Uh, I, yeah, she could be know, referring to like, me for all I know. Hey, she yeah, probably I, I, could I be. Probably no knows. Details, who knows? Who knows who she's I said referring no to? no
3: Details, nothing. If it was to the spice, I just said, "Hey, it was too spicy." I didn't <laughs> say anything else. So, watch yourself. We got watch a shot yourself. across the
0: bow. Mm. I let you out tonight. Be <laughs> careful.
1: <laughs> we also have a uh, comment from one Miss Anne, friend of the show. Hi, Miss Ann. She says, "Good evening, young men." She means the three of us. I don't think she's counting you. Is that?
0: Hello. Listen, I, I accept that. I accept that. I'm 40.
3: You I'm are 40. all of 40. I'm a man. You're young
0: compared to Moses. I'm yet yeah, you, no doubt. Amen. In fact, I was at Moses's age when he killed the Egyptian. Yeah. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, you know. Pretty much. This is the age that Moses was when he, when he slaughtered the Egyptian and I'll bring failed. Because I just watched hard. this
3: past week, the Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt, classic, dude. It was so good. Classic. I was like, man, seeing that, like, it helped me really. Visualize the whole story. And I was like, <laughs> Derek, I know oh, this good. is a little dramatic, but I was like, no, this is awesome, dude. I was is, tearing up. Is that, up is that it, streaming, on, is that streaming on, on? Yeah, you? where'd you watch yeah, it? Um, I had to get back to you on that. I don't really. Pureflex.com. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been HBO Max or
0: Peacock. I can't remember. I we should be sponsored by Peacock. one of the two. Yeah. Really <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're throwing out all kinds of plugs yeah, here for free. Today. Good grief. Anyway, so uh, glad you're here. Yeah. Excited about that. Miss Ann, love ya Hadn't talked to you in a while. Uh, it would be great to, to connect. In fact, you know what would be great? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out. Maybe she's still watching. She can reach out. I would love, Miss Ann, I would love to have you on the Outlaw Radio Show and share your story because you have an equally powerful story of, of the miraculous power of God, something that brought us together and connected us. So uh, Pope Creighton at gmail.com. Uh, Pope Creighton at gmail.com. Reach out to Creighton and uh Creighton will try to schedule it. we'd love to have you on the show. You guys are cool to have, yeah, we'll have Miss absolutely. absolutely. I would love to yeah. see Miss Ann. I haven't seen her in a while. Spice Daddy's like, I don't know this woman.
2: <laughs> I I don't, but she, she says hi every week. She's so I'm I'm okay fan. with that. Yeah, She's a, yeah, absolutely yeah. Sign friend
0: her, of the show. Sign her, her up. All right. So um before we get to in fact, like there's a whole lot of things that have converged. So there's a topic that is a, it's a great topic. Got pushed Plus, from last week, th- and it got pushed last week because I I just trumped it, and the conversation went where it went, and that was what it was. So we were coming into today with a topic. Now last night I ran across an article. It struck me. I sent it to the guys. I was like, hey, I want to open the show talking about this. Quick little rant. Give you guys a chance to kind of think about it, whatever. And then Creighton, we'll get to your topic. Well, we also have a listener. Who sent in a question, an email, and so we've put that also on the docket. And Creighton has that. So if we can get through the two, and we still have time for your topic, we're good. If not, we might have to push two weeks because programming out next uh, next Wednesday, uh, we will not be meeting. We have a church event uh, at Calvary Three Sixteen. We're calling a numa service. <clears throat> you can go to the church website to learn more about that. But we will not be here. Uh, we will not be having outlaw radio. So. Uh, So I want to start with kind of a little bit of my thing. So I ran across. He says a little bit of his thing. A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) Let me give a little backstory. So in May, the end of May, I got invited to speak at the Calvary Chapel East Coast Conference, uh, which was up in Philadelphia. And uh, when I looked at the docket, I (laughs) was the opening session, which is super intimidating uh, to be the opening act. Um, because, you know, I mean, you can either put the pressure on everybody else or you can like crumble. Yeah. Lay an egg. Um, I'd like to think I did. A, I did a good job. At least uh, it seemed that it was well accepted. But I saw on the docket, I, I a name, and this was a guy that I'd never met before, but I've known a lot about. Uh, not just before the pandemic, but particularly during the pandemic. I've been following his story. And so I was very interested to, A, listen to what he had to say, but I was interested to meet him. I was able to meet him, able to meet his brother. I already knew his father, which I was able to spend some time. I'm getting to who he is. So his name is Mike McClure. And Mike McClure pastors a church that his father, Don McClure, started in San Jose, California. So Don McClure started this church, pastored it for years. Um, And then Don moved down to Calvary Costa Mesa during Pastor Chuck's elderly years to help uh, with the ministry of Calvary Chapel and the movement. He's still very much involved to this day in Calvary Chapel Association and whatnot, Don. But when he left, he handed Calvary San Jose over to his son, Mike. So Mike McClure has been pastoring this church for years. And it's San Jose is not a super populated area. It's very liberal. Uh, it's, very, um, it's very wealthy. It actually has a very rural bit to it, which is kind of an interesting thing. There's a lot of people that own farms. It's Northern California, so it has a different vibe. But again, San Jose's like Silicon Valley to give you some context that that area, a big surfing community, what whatever. Um, Anyway, so I've known of Mike McClure for years. Um, His son, uh, well, Mike's brother Don's other son Marcus, um, runs a, a travel organization that takes tours. Um, to Israel, so they they've been they've been around forever. Anyway, so I was I was I was looking forward to meeting Mike and was listening, looking forward to hearing what he had to share because Calvary San Jose was one of those churches in California that made the decision. You know, they they closed their doors same time most of all of us did during the pandemic. It's like that second week of of March, you know, where it like fifteen days to slow the spread. Everyone's like, all right, we're on board. We're gonna like do our civic responsibility. We don't know what we're dealing with. Let's let's be smart. And so they were one of the churches, along with most, that like, okay, we're not trying to be like rebellious or engage in any type of disobedience. Like we're part of the community. So there was an an element where hey, they they took a step back. Now, like so Calvary three sixteen, we reopened the thirty first of May. It was Pentecost Sunday. Um, And it it was the day that a lot of churches across America had decided to reopen. Now, there were other churches that opened earlier. My dad's church opened a couple weeks before that. But they had all kinds of, like, COVID restrictions, wearing masks, social distancing, hand-washing stations, whatever. We were like, we're going to wait a couple weeks, Calvary 316. We're going to open where we don't have to have restrictions. We feel pretty good about where we're at. And we're reopening for the people that want to come back, not for the people that are still worried and they keep, keep 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 watching from home. Now we did that, you know, May thirty first of of, of two thousand and twenty. Uh, you know how many, um, uh, like, like it created no problem for us, right? Uh, there was no ripple. There was no government agencies stepping in. There was no that we know of. Well, okay. Well, I mean, I think we would know about it by now. You would never know. It's the government. You never know. <laughs> but like, there was no there was no thing. It was not a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like. The law or the state or mandates. And again, we're in the state of Georgia. Georgia started reopening at the end of April, beginning of May. And our, we're in
1: a relatively rural And we're in part a rural place. Georgia.
0: Not just rural. So like our governor reopened the state. He got some kickback from very blue areas like Atlanta, some of the counties in Atlanta. He got kickback from some of the counties in Macon, some of the counties in Savannah, which are predominantly blue where we are, while we're still considered Metro Atlanta, we are in a very, like Creighton said, rural county, but our county happens to be very, very red. So again, like just for some context, to give the, the audience a little idea of, of where I'm coming from, uh, that, that week that the church is closed, uh, we were getting that Saturday, we were getting ready to start our baseball season, our Little League baseball season. In fact, Thursday... I had gone after our our practice uh, to a pizza joint with two of my assistant coaches to talk about our opening day roster. And by the time we left that pizza joint, our wives were on the way to the grocery store and we realized there will not be baseball. Hmm. Everybody else, all the other counties canceled the baseball season. Our county just pushed it. (laughs) And we ended up being one of the only counties, for some context, where uh, we had a baseball season, like middle of May, we started practicing again, and, um, and then we did a 10-game season in June um, and then, like, a county-wide tournament the first week of July. Um, you know, the first game, there was, you know, you weren't supposed to bring snacks. Uh, the kids had to stay outside the dugout. It was a disaster, and, like, by the end of that first day, the commissioner was like, yeah, we're done with all that. Kids in the dugouts, you, you're going to bring snacks anyway, you know, we're just whatever. Like, I'm in a different place. Well, I'm reading, so Calvary San Jose reopens. Same day we did. Man, you hear this guy's testimony of what they went through? I mean, they ceased and desist orders. They got sued. They were uh, threatened to be arrested and prosecuted. Um, they had a big civil case. Uh, not civil case. It was a legal case that worked its way and was actually overturned by one of the appeals courts. Like they were found in contempt and they got overturned. Anyway, Mike tells this crazy story. You can go to, oh man, I, I might struggle with the website, but ccphilly.com. Uh, you can go to the Philadelphia uh, Calvary Philly website and just look for East Coast Conference. There's a big link. Look for Mike McClure study. You'll find mine. You can listen to that too. But listen to Mike. It's It's a crazy story. Out of sight, out of mind, hadn't thought about it until, again, last night. It's ccphilly.org. ccphilly.org, thank you. Maybe drop a link. I can do that. Find the study itself, one of you guys get in. It. it won't be hard to find. So here's the title, foxnews.com. California church fined $1.2 million during lockdown, sues over alleged government spying operation tracking worshipers. I saw that. I saw the headline, I thought, oh, I know who this is. So I clicked on it, subtitle, Calvary Chapel, San Jose, sues over Santa Clara County's alleged, quote, invasive and warrantless geofencing operation. end quote. Now, I don't typically like like read articles on the air. That's not kind of what the show's about. But if you guys will indulge me, if you guys will indulge me, I want to read the article because this is crazy. Now, you guys have had like before I read the article initial thoughts because you all have read it, right? Spice yes. Daddy, oh, Spice Daddy, your first initial thoughts to the article before I read it in, to the audience. Am I
2: back in communist China again? Right, yeah. crazy. I was that,
3: like, dude, this is just part. Sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I was just gonna say like everything that they're talking about is stuff that I had to deal with on a daily daily basis, more or less in, in communist China, and and it, that's that's what's it's hard being an American and a Christian at the same time because what am I, I'm called as an American, I'm called to defend the constitution. And this is obviously a, a an attack on the constitution of the U S and, and, but as a Christian, I'm, i and that's not a
0: hyperbole. Like right. that's not an over exaggeration. Right.
2: And as a Christian, I'm called to obey the government. So I, it, 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 it becomes a, like, where, where do I sit on this? And after living in a common, like communists are
3: evil.
0: We'll get to that. Okay, yeah, but that's that, your that, initial that, reaction. That,
3: that's my initial reaction.
0: deal, Daddy, you got the article you read through it, I yeah. think, twice, right?
3: My, my initial reaction, I was like, this is just that one. Like, this is just the beginning. This is just the trial run to get... All the full control and moving into the thing where it's a like one world currency, one world government, one world control. Like this is just the start of it.
0: And for years, you'd you'd make that statement and be called a conspiracy theorist, 100%, right? Yeah. But like you read something like this, and, and it's this like is it? this, this is it? not conspiracy.
3: Well, with the control of language and the way that we can't even like, oh, I don't want to misgender somebody. They're controlling your words because your words are power and life. You have the power to speak life, and you have the power to speak death. And so when you use your words properly. This is the type of situation that you end up in when people are tracking you and wanting to control you and what you do and what you can't do. And that's just all part of it. So this is just this is step one point A.
0: Creighton, you, you you kind of pride yourself on being apolitical. Like in the sense of just you don't like getting into the politics of, of things. That's a whole other topic. But I mean that's a true statement. Um, I think pride myself might
1: be a bit strong. I'm I'm just I'm not bothered as much. I just I have a hard time caring about things outside of myself, which is not necessarily a positive character trait. At any rate, um, my first reaction when reading it was I thought of a scene in a TV show that I really like where they're talking about the NSA and what they're capable of. And the way the conversation ends is one character is like, well, you knew they had the capability, but you thought they weren't doing it. Right. And it's like, that's like, I was reading it and I was like, oh yeah. I mean, like it never occurred to me that they were doing this, but when I actually think about it, it's like, oh yeah, they've had the the capability for this
0: probably well, for the, a while. Well, the of justification, course they're the doing. entire, ju- the like first time. what made right. this all legal is the Patriot Act. Right. You know, because after September 11th. Yeah. Right. And, and, and then it became a dynamic where it was, it was like, well, this is only used for international surveillance. Um, This is not like it's illegal to use this domestically. And then Edward Snowden blew the whistle. Right. And it was like, no, 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 no. Like it goes back. You don't think they're using it here. Like they have the capability. And you don't think they're using it. And this is what gets scary. Right. Right. Because this is unequivocally domestic. So I'm going to read the article. That was enough of of a tease. Exclusive, a California church ordered to pay $1.2 million in fines for violating COVID-19 lockdown mis- measures filed a federal lawsuit Tuesday alleging the local government unconstitutionally spied and tracked Christian worshipers through secretive, quote, geofencing using congregants' cell phone data. Now, I should be clear. Calvary San Jose has been sued. They've been prosecuted they've had to be on the defensive for three years. This is not a defensive maneuver. This is a church saying, hey, we now have to go on the offensive. This is them suing the, the, the county, okay? Which I think is an important qualification. This is not the church being sued. This is the church suing after learning things in discovery, thinking we have a, a moral, ethical responsibility To address this, which you hear Mike talk about this. You're like, he's such a humble guy. He did not ask for this. And he suffered through it. But like he's really embraced the reality of like, okay, this is never what I would have envisioned God's call for me to be. But I am here. And that was the East Coast Pastors Conference this year. And by the way, his church doubled in size in three months. Good for him. When they opened up and they stood up against it people flocked out. That's so awesome. Calvary Chapel San Jose and pastor Mike McClure accused Santa Clara County and the Colorado based data company Safegraph of embarking quote on an invasive and warrantless geofencing operation to track residents end quote unbeknownst to the public, according to the lawsuit filed by advocates for faith and freedom. The defendants are accused of using geofencing a location based tool used by the government, to track individuals through their cell phone data around Calvary San Jose's property so they could see when and where worshipers were on the premise. This operation took place, quote, over a year with seemingly no oversight, boundaries, or limitations, meaning the defendants could track churchgoers in the sanctuary, prayer room, or bathroom, the complaint says. This type of expansive geofencing operation is not only an an invasion of privacy, but represents a terrifying precedent if allowed to go unaddressed. As it stands, the defendants are effectively arguing that, as long as they call it research, any level of government can target and spy on any individual or group at any time for any duration, and, if they so choose, they can wield the collection data against said individuals or groups Who oppose their orders. This is not just un-American. It is downright Orwellian. Um, And this is without warrant. I mean, this is tracking without warrants. 100%. This is a constitutional violation.
3: It's in the terms of service.
0: (laughs) Reached for comment Tuesday about the lawsuit, Santa Clara County referred Fox News Digital to its prior comments in March. Officials had condemned a story published on Substack by journalist David Zwillig. That cited court documents in outlining how the county allegedly took various actions, watching church activities through a neighboring property's chain-link fence, walking in on church gatherings like Bible study, and tracking church go- goers' cellular mobile mobility data to surveil Calvary. The recent story by David Zielig has at its core false assertions that does not reflect any out- understanding of basic facts of the county's public health orders or enforcement program. Santa Clara County told. Fox News Digital in March reacting to the report. So they didn't react to the lawsuit. They just reacted to this report filed in March. The new lawsuit filed Tuesday in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California further alleges that County Counsel James Williams of County Health Office, Dr. Sarah Cody, ratified the, quote, surveillance operation, end quote, targeting the church, providing, quote, specific instructions to monitor the visit patterns of Calvary in comparison to other businesses and organizations within the county. The county sought to weaponize the location data against Calvary in their ongoing lawsuit filed in the Santa Clara County Superior Court. Man, that's a mouthful. Where they seek to collect millions from the church for violating COVID-19 public health orders, the complaint says. Safegraph Vice President of Operations, Nicole Berger, told Fox News Digital that the company was, quote, not engaged in Sarah... Clara County or any other governmental entity to provide targeted geofencing or geolocation tracking services for law enforcement or regulatory enforcement purposes, nor do we provide such information through our data center. They completely throw the county under the bus like, yeah, we weren't around. But how do they know they're around? Because the other cases revealed in right. discovery what was really going on. That's the only reason you would file a lawsuit. Again, this is lengthy. Sorry. While many data companies do Do sell sensitive information about individual people, which should scare you, (laughs) including precise movement records. SafeGraph is not one of them, Berger said in the email. SafeGraph does not collect or provide information about individual people, not even student names or device level cell phone location data. SafeGraph's data products provide historical information about physical locations, such as the address, brand, and operating hours of a business of a particular location, Further SafeGrass has no direct involvement knowledge dispute between blah, 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 blah. Trying to get down to the, the crux of it. The lawsuit alleges the county never obtained a warrant in violation of the congregants' Fourth Amendment rights, and that's the crux of it. There's no warrant, Fourth Amendment violation. Calvary Chapel San Jose is a sacred place where congregants go to worship God in an intimate setting. Plaintiffs do not go with the expectation that they will be covertly surveilled by the government. The lawsuit also alleges First Amendment violations, arguing the geofencing operation was not neutral and generally applicable because not all business and entities were subject to surveillance. People of faith should never have to worry about the government spying on them in a place of worship. We're standing up for the for peoples of all faith around the county of, who have been and continue to be targeted by the government. The invasion of privacy and target violations of the Fourth Amendment and the U.S. Constitution Represents a terrifying precedent if allowed to go unaddressed. It's time to hold Santa Clara County accountable for violating the rights of Calvary Chapel members. Our church respects the right and privacy of all of our members," Luke McClure added. "We are not just standing up for the rights of our church family. We are standing up for the rights of religious people across the country." Crazy. I mean, I mean, again. So, so let me let me try to summarize. You want me to summarize what the case is about, or Creighton? You you want to? You're kind of like techie in that sense. Yeah. um, What do you want me to? I can. I mean,
1: what we're essentially talking about is, this also comes from the same episode of the show that I was talking about earlier. It's Global Clarity, which if you don't know, if you remember, it's in the second Batman movie with Christian Bale. I think where where, uh, the black guy who played God, I can't remember his name right now. Shows Christian, Bale, yeah, shows Christian Bale. This, <laughs> Morgan Freeman. You Morgan Freeman. Shows Christian
0: Bale. Morgan Freeman plays God in most of his movies.
1: Yeah, a few. He's, great, he's a great God, I'll tell you what. Um,
0: Isn't he God in the uh, the Noah knockoff? He's Bruce Almighty Bruce Almighty. follow-up, Evan Almighty.
1: Right. At any rate, what they're doing is they are not technically hacking, but they're tracking phones to find out when you were or weren't at church to see if they were breaking the, the congregant rules that we had during COVID. Am I...
0: Mm-hmm. No, so correct. So like okay, let's let's go even go broader than that. Again, you should understand and this is not to be paranoia or whatever. Anything and everything you do on this device or everywhere you go with this device. Every bit of data, every bit of information, every keystroke, every eye glance. In fact, I'm just going to add real yeah. fast. It's also the things you
1: don't do. Because they can, they're tracking. They can track you so much with your phone because we carry them as much as
0: we do. Okay, I'll give you an example that
1: they can track what you don't do with your
0: phone. Give you an example. Here you go. Hey Siri, look up Creighton Vaughn. Spinning. Why is it spinning? Because it was listening. How is it listening? Because it's always listening. Always. That that's that's the reality. Like understand that it's. Your, your phone is always listening.
2: That makes me feel good because somebody actually listens to me. <laughs> oh, my
0: goodness gracious. <laughs> Spice Daddy. Hey,
3: give me a call, bro. Give me a call. Yeah. I'll listen.
0: If you feel that lonely, hit me up, brother. Give me a call. Dude. Look at that face. Look at that <laughs> face. He's so proud of himself.
3: <laughs> <laughs> She's always there for me. Hey, Google. Hey, Siri. You're my
0: girlfriend. Oh. So, my. I'm here to be your assistant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just it just started talking to me. Like, have you ever have you ever found yourself? My wife and I do. We'll be talking about something, and then you'll go to Facebook, and immediately you get ads for that very thing.
3: Oh, 100%. percent. I'll think it. I won't even have to
0: say it, and it pops up. How do, does that work? That's, I don't even know. You're don't not even wearing know.
2: enough tinfoil on your
3: oh, head, right? God. I need it. Give me a suit, chainmail. So, nail.
0: so like <laughs> this is this is not a conspiracy thing. Like, I'm just letting you know that this is a spy device. Now, there's a lot of great things about it but every bit of your information. And, and guess what? You sign it away. And if you weren't willing to sign away, you wouldn't have it. Like, it's the disclosures. It's the stuff that we click on because we have to that quote-unquote gives these companies or the apps that we use or whatever the right of being able to track things. So so what ends up being alleged in the lawsuit? So Calvary San Jose had gotten sued and prosecuted because they weren't adhering to COVID mandates. Well, they wanted all of that, but now they're countersuing on how they were able to, in court, demonstrate their understanding that they were in violation of COVID protocols. And the way that they were doing it, it was geofencing, which means that they were tracking location data of the individual cell phones of the people of the church to the point that they knew when they came to the property, they knew when someone came into the building, they knew when they were in the sanctuary, they knew when they went to the bathroom, they knew exactly where they were, how many people they were around, and they did all of this without a warrant. So I think that is the other
1: uh, crux of the issue is that it's not just that the tech company was doing this. But it's that their government was doing. Well, this.
0: it was that the government was partnering with a company. private company to right. do this,
1: which is so. There's a difference between like I give Google a ridiculous amount of information because we all give Google a ridiculous. There's amount not of
0: information. a way around it. There's no way for me to stop it. You can you can use um, DuckDuckGo, and by the way, they collect all your data too.
1: Of course they do. All of the VPNs do. That's how um, they get
0: money. By the way, yes, they sell your
1: data. What's interesting is the um, is the amendment that they are. Suing over It's the fourth amendment Which is search and seizure Right it's, it's
0: unlawful searching
1: Right And if they are willing To unlawfully search They will also be un- Willing to unlawfully seize Correct Like if they're willing To break the, the amendment They're willing to break All of the amendments They're willing to do anything And this is When it really comes down It's to surveillance it, It's surveillance
0: That then becomes More So the way Every the- time so the way that the way that our government is structured to work is okay. The cops, the feds, somebody—they suspect that they they have suspicion that someone's doing something illegally domestically. So you're a United States citizen, and they are suspicious that Deal Daddy Derek is engaged in some type of unlawful activity. Now
3: market fish,
0: I mean, but. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> right. So in order for them in order for them to surveil Derek physically they have to go to a judge and present enough evidence to justify like hey we can't nail him on a crime but we do have enough evidence to warrant that's why we get the word warrant an investigation that would require these particular measures so there's a check and balance right So you have, you know, a a judge saying, okay, you have enough. I will grant the warrant. You can go surveil. But what was happening, that was not taking place. The government wasn't going to a judge to get permission to surveil. They were using a private company that has disclosure that they can do it because you signed some waiver. So they're tracking your data anyway. And the government's like, well, you've gotten permission so we just want you we would want you to pass it along to us, and now that's a problem. And that is what they're suing over, which is to me insane. i I, I again, where, where are we going to go with this? I just give Mike McClure a lot of credit. Um, you know, he could have be done with the battle. like he could have he he already won, their churches flourished. He could have wiped his hands of the situation. Just moved on. But in discovery, at least the way that I perceive how this unplayed, they get alarming insight into some things that are happening against their own congregation that's, that they view to be a violation of one's rights. And whereas Mike could have totally walked away, his church could have walked away, they could just have moved on. They felt for the, the benefit of not just their church, or Christianity, but just religious freedom in general, and freedom in general, that they needed to pursue a lawsuit to establish some precedent that this is unacceptable and can never happen again. Which to me, if, if, we, wanted, if we do want to get political, you know the one thing that just irks me the most about, about the particular election cycle, on the Republican side, because there's no election side cycle on the Democrat side is how few people are talking about literally like what we're going to do to make sure the violations of our freedoms that occurred during a COVID pandemic never happened again. If you've been a fan of the show for any length of period, just the one I'll point out and the one I'll stand on is no person should ever be in a hospital without a personal advocate present at all times ever. This should never happen ever again. I don't care what takes place. It should be incumbent upon the hospital to ensure that an individual, a family member, a friend can be with. I man, I didn't tell you this, Creighton. I, I had I had breakfast the other day with a fellow pastor. went in to hear my story. We were chit chatting, lives with my neighborhood. Told me about his dad dying in 2020. And you know what? His dad went to the hospital and he never got to see him again. Oh. That's a travesty. He never got to say goodbye. His dad was there for two weeks, dying on his own. No one could go in. No one could comfort him. No one could pray for him. At some point, a nurse brought in an iPad so, like, FaceTime, but he was already gone. Oh, like just that should never, like, if we have any any rights. But no one does. You hear anybody talking about that? Not at all. That that to me is like again. I've got I've got bones to pick, but. Man, I just, I just, I I wanted to bring the audience's awareness that, man, this stuff is still going on, still going on. And I just, I really do admire a guy like Mike Calvary Chapel, San Jose. They're part of our, our church family, extended church family. And just, you know, they could, they could have easily wiped their hands, just moved on, but they've chosen to, to just kind of, you know get into the 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 mire and, and try to try to do something good. I think that's commendable. Any final thoughts about that before we get to the the email that we received? I'm good. I mean, you it guys good?
3: Towards revelation,
0: man. They're
3: it all is no be in control control in the end so we can fight it for as long as we want and we should, but it's going to end up being that way.
0: Come Lord Jesus come, you know? Yeah, amen. Mm. I will say, I will say this is I I do think the interesting thing. Like let's say like this something like this happens again, um, you know what you have to tell your congregation? Hey, we're like okay, we're not. Calvary Three CC will never close again.
3: Mm. Yeah, I don't mean yeah. to sound so feudalistic either about yeah. it. Like, no, we, we'll we, never,
0: we'll never close again. I, I, I learned some things. Uh, I say I won't say never again. I could Ebola. We might take a step back. Like, but fifty percent death <laughs> rate <risk don't>, with treatment. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but I, but I'm not gonna believe anything that anybody tells me from yeah. the, the it's media hard to. or the I, CDC. You've lost credibility. Uh, the World Health Organization could care less what you say. There, there's an agenda. I'm not going to be played anymore. And I'm the guy that almost died. Like, I'm the guy. Like yeah. If anybody that could be paranoid and go to an extreme, it would be me, justifiably. I was never that from the beginning. And I went down. And I'm still not that.
1: Yeah. And, Derek, I don't think that you sounded feudalistic. Um I agree. We're going to lose the fight. Mm. Well, I think we have we, to keep fighting. I think yeah. it goes back to we our We have to keep fighting.
2: I mean, it, it's kind of hard when you talk to non-Americans about this kind of stuff, like I don't think they quite understand or some of them do, but like the freedom we have, like freedom is so precious mm. mm-hmm. that it's not worth giving up freedom for security. Yeah, You know, you it's know a what I Benjamin mean?
0: Franklin quote. Yeah. That I know like give me of. liberty or give me death.
2: Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's so ingrained in most Americans that I don't think like the people that are, that are, Doing this kind of stuff, they're gonna they're gonna push and draw that push that line as far as they can go. At some point, they're gonna cross the line and they're not gonna be able to step back from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and at that point, it's it's
0: we're in a I, weird place. W- I
2: don't want it to be. I don't want it to be that that way. But it that that line will be crossed at some point it's it's inevitable because things get weird because people in power want more power and that's what it's all about
3: we have so much comfort we have so much distraction so it's easier for them to push that line even further and further until it's a little bit too much so
0: so i think we can move on we had an email sent in we do we do have it. To PopeCrayton at gmail.com. Crayton, you want to read the email in its entirety, and then uh, we can spend some time talking about it.
1: I sure can. All right. You um, got
0: that paper right in front of you. That paper. Yeah, I
1: have it printed out like we're in the 90s. Um, Did you want me
0: to email it to you, or was printing it actually easier? It doesn't actually matter.
1: I was just being snarky about paper because I'm a millennial. If
0: I had <laughs> forwarded it to you. It
1: doesn't matter. We have the paper. Yeah, paper's a good thing. So the email reads as such. Hi, Creighton. My wife, Penny, and I watch Outlaw Radio and have recently started coming to the C316, which is our church. We just moved here from Myrtle Beach. We haven't, watched all, we haven't watched all of the Outlaw Radio episodes, so you may have done this topic before. However, my question to Zach is, how does Calvary 316 view interfaith organizations that work together in the community for the community's good? I've seen a spectrum of differences between Calvary chapels from embracing it uh, with the motivation of reaching others to Christ and to having a greater involvement in the, um, in the community to a non-participation stance due to the wide chasm of doctrinal differences and doing their own community ministry. I'm going to rephrase that because I read it poorly. No, no, no. And then there was some scripture references.
0: Yes. Go ahead and throw those in and then, and then kind of like summarize it a little bit. I can bit. do that. Um, on
1: the side of not participation, these verses come to mind. Second John one verses ten and eleven, which is, "If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him, for he greets for he who greets him snares in his evil deeds. The next is Romans 16:17. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned. And avoid them. Note those who cause divisions and offenses. Contrary to doctrine which you've learned. And avoid them. Anyway, like I said, you may have done this topic. I don't think we have. Um, And he says, Penny and I are so happy to be here. And that's some some more stuff about us. And you being a great teacher. um, Which I don't feel like reading verbatim. Well, I
0: think that that was the part part we were most anticipating. So,
1: the question is. How do we as a church approach Um, outreach ministry opportunities with people who we have disagreements with who are also Christians. And I would actually like to increase that scope. Okay. To people who are either non-Christians or a religious or things that are not religious. Because I think that those two things go hand in hand in terms of doing outreach and things with groups who are non-Christians as well as doing outreach and things with people who are Christians who we have disagreements with because that the spectrum of Christians that I disagree with go from, we are almost exactly the same in our beliefs to, I don't actually think you're a Christian,
0: but you are claiming to be. Okay. So do you know what I mean by that? No, no, no I do. I do. I think this is a great question. We've never done this topic. Yeah. I think it's a great one. That makes I
3: sense. Cause it's kind of like, yeah, you're either right in line with what the Bible says or you're not like is that part of it is kind of black and
0: white. So to me, to me, there's a a broader topic that has to be addressed. Um, that I think sets a framework to to answer the question. Okay. And that is what is, what is the job of the church? So again, if, if, if we've bought into this more seeker friendly understanding, more modern presentation, um, that the ch- you know church for the unbeliever church is is a platform for outreach and evangelism that the church has been given the great commission well then the topic w- w- would necessitate then certain answers accordingly to me I think I think you have to go back because i don't think that that's a, an appropriate understanding of the purpose of the church. I think a biblical understanding of the purpose of the church is that the church is fundamental for the equipping of Christians to fulfill the Great Commission. Again, the Great Commission is given by Jesus at the Ascension before uh, the Holy Spirit is poured out, before the church is actually instituted. So Jesus gave the Great Commission to individuals. And then the church seems to be instituted by Jesus to be a, a facilitator for Christians to go fulfill that calling. Which is why church should be fundamentally for the Christian, not for the un- un-Christian or the non-believer. That church is for believers, to equip them, to encourage them, to uh, develop them. It's, it's, it's church for a believer. Which is why, in my opinion, that the majority of the church finances, accordingly, you look at the book of Acts. You know, they, they, they took up the offering all, all equally and they distributed it to those in need. And what in the church context? You go through the, the book of Acts, you examine the early church. Any type of benevolence dynamic always existed within what context? The church. It was never for unbelievers. It was never for the outside. Like the funds of the church were designed for the church, not to reach people outside of the church, but to take care of people in the church. Which I think is the primary function that the church is supposed to be Christian centric. It is supposed to be internally focused knowing that each individual has to be outwardly focused so it's this beautiful thing the church is focused on equipping believers who are focused on reaching unbelievers the problem is when the church gets focused on reaching unbelievers christians end up taking a step back and no longer doing what they've been called to do because why well i'm going to give money to the church to do what i've been called to do anyway it's a, it's a cop-out. I can give money to the church so they can go out and fulfill the great commission I've been called to do. Which means that I don't have to. Which mm-hmm. means I don't have to. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? I give plenty to the church. I give so I give much. plenty for those people to do what I've been called to do, but I'd rather pay them so I don't have to do it. It's completely inverted. It's backwards. It's the and same way that I see yard work. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but again, I think, I think that, that that is important to the topic. Because the topic is how do you deal with interfaith ministries? Um to me it's very simple. And again, the, the question was asked within the context of Calvary 316. Mm-hmm. So I can speak to that, but that does establish how I think every church should handle it. Um I'm v- like I'm very much a proponent of funding things our people are involved in. So for example, if there's somebody in our church that's involved in some type of outreach organization within our community. But they're, they're part of our church, but they're fulfilling the Great Commission utilizing this particular nonprofit or whatever. Dude, I'm like, heck yeah. Like, I want to support you in that. Sweet, sounds good. Because you're part of our family. Like I'm, I'm equipping saints for the ministry. If, if there's anything I can do to help equip you to go do that, that's awesome. Same with missionaries, like Kenny and Nikki Snipes, who we support. They're part of our church. Like we're supporting them in an outreach because they're part of our church. Like, like it's internal that goes out. Um. Now, would I give money to an organization that, let's say, was doing good things within our community, but I had no Personal Let's say it was a cold call. Hey, we're doing this FCA thing at a local high school. We we could use some funds. Um, can you support us? Um, if if there was nobody in our church involved, I probably wouldn't. Right. That would go. That would go
1: into the maybe category, at best. At which is they might be able to win you over if they
0: had. You and, know, and, and and again with the size of our church, I mean we just don't have money to throw around. Also true. So I would probably, I'd probably say, I'd probably ask like, hey, I'd probably start by saying, you know, we don't want to have a lot of money, but are there any opportunities where we could get practically involved and, and help support you guys from like a manpower standpoint? Mm-hmm. And if the answer was like, absolutely, well, then I'd go to some of the guys involved in our youth ministry and be like, hey, we have this opportunity at, at Appalachia High School to get involved in something. Why don't you guys explore that? And if they get involved and they're like, hey, man, this is a great thing. We should put some more resources. Boom, be, I'm, because I'm supporting our people. Mm-hmm. Like there's that kind of a framework. But generally speaking, um, our support is 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 manifesting through individuals. Now, now let me give you like another step to that. Um, I've had somebody come up to me before and say, "Hey, uh, my sister is going on this mission trip. Right." And I'd love to, I'd love to like, you know, she's trying to raise some money. Is there anything our church could do now? That's like one step beyond removed from what I'm talking about, but there's still the connection to the church body. So it's like, Hey, if you think that this is worth supporting, I'm going to support you in supporting them. Right. You're one, you're one Kevin Bacon away, but it's still, (laughs) it's still within the framework no, we all got the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We all got I your wasn't reference. Certain. I was just, can, I was can quiet about it. Card. Card. So you throw out a wild card, but I just want to make sure like, if is what I'm saying, does that, does that make sense? Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. have like an internal perspective. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of dictates, I was involved by the way, as a youth pastor, I, I spent 10 years at Calvary Chapel, so mountain, but I spent eight years at least running a nonprofit
1: mm-hmm.
0: called the Georgia community learning center. Uh, the CLC, the Bible class, Bible class in public schools. And we were running Bible classes in public schools that were for, that were for credit. And I, I mean, I had to raise money for it. Um, there were very few churches, by the way, that would just give you money. I can believe it. Um, but Calvary Chapel, so mountain supported it and people within the church supported. Why? Because I was the one running it. Mm -hmm. And so there's that, there's that framework, um, which I think is significant. So again, to answer the question, for me it's it's like you you, you you don't even have to have the conversation about like what do they believe? Does their beliefs line up with our beliefs? Like you don't even have to get into all of that if your framework is our job is to support our people doing evangelism. So if this is something our people are doing, I, I don't have to I don't really have to worry at that point about doctrine and the beliefs. Um, I would say maybe the, the only outlier but it still fits within the context. I got invited several years ago, Jessica and I, got invited by a neighbor to go to a uh, pregnancy relief thing. I remember that, yeah. Uh, they, do, they do a lot of work um, in our county um, ministering to pregnant women, trying to convince them to not have an abortion. But It's the, like pregnancy crisis. It's a pre- that's exactly what it is, a pregnancy crisis. Center. And, uh, and so we got invited to the gala. She had bought a table. And invited us to come. Now, there was no obligation to give any money, just to come. And, uh, and the guy that spoke, the guy named Ryan Bomberger, who we've actually had on the Outlaw Radio mm-hmm. Show, uh, really enjoyed his ministry. Um, our church ended up making a donation. But why? It made a donation because I went to something. I saw something. I was the connecting point to that thing. And then I come back and I'm like, this is something we should throw a few dollars to. But again, it's not like a cold call. I I took the time to go to hear what was going on to investigate it, and it was like you know this is this that's probably the most out outside example I can give. I, I think you hit on that
2: wild card. I was oh, oh so, so that's so a kind of sort of it's like it's it's where in the Bible it tells us to to support the widows and orphans. Like how does that fit into that? And you kind of just answered that.
0: Well, and I'll give you an even more practical example. Um, uh, literally that way, about 50 paces, is a house of a widow. 50 paces. You're, you're like, what are we, Old English? Seriously, what are the Pirates of the Caribbean? 50 paces. <laughs> starboard. A half pace of the sun. <laughs> uh, my neighbor is a widow. and uh, And I... There are, like, I'll never forget... I A couple of years ago, I was out mowing the yard, a front yard, and I see my neighbor out there with a broom running down the front stoop, just swinging it in the air. And she's in her 80s. And it's like, I stopped the lawnmower. I go running over. She's gotten into the garage. I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, well, there was a wasp nest and I was oh, right dude. above the door, front door, and I was trying to get rid of it. And the, the bees kind of, she had gotten stung three or four times. Oh, my good golly. And, and I looked at her, and I re, she's a, a believer, a godly Christian. Her, 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 her son is a pastor. <laughs> I said, I said, and I'm not going to use your name, but I said, I said, please don't ever do that again. She goes, Well, why not? I said, I said, Jesus didn't give us many commands, but he did say, take care of widows and orphans, and you're a widow next door to me. At some point, I'm going to be in heaven and stand before Jesus to give an account for you. I don't need this replayed because <laughs> you didn't ask me to come over and deal with it. I was like, you need to let me know I will come up and deal. it. So I did. I brought, I got some cans of spray and I I went all around her yard to make sure you I got it. Can you imagine
1: on. Jesus looking at you? Zachary Grant Adams. Bro, Why it, did you not help that 80-year-old it, bro, with her wasps?
0: Well, I'll tell you what's been great though is like so so she's taking me up on it, and so with certain things I'll go over and 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 watch, and you know she she had some she had a woodpecker that was messing with her. She was like, "How do you get rid of a woodpecker?" I was like, "I have no idea." Shoot it. So yeah. I googled it. You know that's that is an option, but there but there's several other that's options. A very illegal
2: option, uh, probably.
0: But basically, but basically, with a woodpecker a woodpecker is a sign that you have termites or a bug infestation. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, this might be a problem that's bigger than the woodpecker. And the woodpecker is actually doing you a favor, letting you know you have a problem. Mm. And so got her connection. She called an a, a exterminator. They came out. They're like, you've got squirrels. You've got rot damage. You've got a <laughs> lot of problems. Yeah. And so she was like, I don't know who to call to get all this fixed. And I was like, one of the elders of my church runs a construction company. I'm going to call him. He'll take care of it. So he said he'd come and take care of it. And like a week later, I asked her, hey, any, any movement? She was like, he hadn't called me back. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I will make a phone call. I was like, you did not call her back. I, oh, I totally forgot. I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> Widows and orphans, this is a command. All got taken care of. You know, we got totally taken care of. I'm with you. Like there is, but here's the deal. Let me give you an example. We've had, we've had an example or, or a situation where someone is like, hey, this is what my neighbor's going through. She's a widow. Her yard's out of control. She's got all this overgrowth. The HOA's on her. She's, just, she's struggling. And I would love to go help her, but I, I'm just limited in, in, in the time that I have. Could I get some help? Some manpower? Yeah. Easy. Let's do, let's do this. We've done that. Got a group of guys. Go over. Chainsaws. Clean it all up. And, like, good to go. And, and if the church spends a few dollars to do it, who cares? Because now we're supporting a neighbor loving their neighbor as themselves. So to me, that's where I always come back. Like, if I can empower our people to do ministry, that's, that's what I'm looking for. You know, do we send money to Samaritan's Purse? No. I don't know anyone there. Do, I, do we send money to the Red Cross? No. I don't know anyone there if we had somebody come into our church that was involved in something and they're like, Hey, would you be interested in supporting it? What would I be supporting the. them? The person. Right. So I, I think that that, you think that answers the question? Is that any, any ups to that?
1: Um, I've got one. Okay. Um, that is, that is more, that might not actually be a part of this conversation at all, but it greatly is greatly by the way. Um, like with the youth group, we've done things like, um, Harvest, the Harvest Crusade. We took a bunch of kids to, um, many years ago, we took yeah, a bunch okay, of kids yeah, yeah, for to, sure. uh, all I can remember is it's a, it's a concert. What was it called? Winter jam, Winterfest.
3: Mm, yeah. Like a One of those two. Man.
1: We've done those kinds of things like with our youth group. Um, and generally every summer we do a Calvary Chapel specific conference. Yeah. But once in a blue moon, we will do what is technically an interfaith conference or just a a public conference that is Christian based. Um, and I don't have any problem with that, even though they are technically not necessarily believe the same things we do, but, but and I, at least the,
0: okay, let me, answer, let, but let me, let me apply that to the concept. Yeah. Why would we go participate in something like that? Cause we're taking our kids. Cause we're taking our kids. This is, this is like, we're not supporting that thing, but we're wanting to expose our kids to that thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good. You know what was one of the main motivators to starting the, the Deep South Cabbage Apple Youth Conference is when I was in high school for a couple of years, we went to acquire the fire. I remember I've which heard was of like acquire a big Christian conference thing, and it was nonsense. I think we went for two years, and but it was like you you were craving to take your kids someplace, and it provided like a good thing. But it was like they're not really what we're wanting to do. They had some awesome musicians and bands come through, <laughs> and then they would, but they would they they would augment it with like some just
2: then they'd get your hyper phone, yeah. hyper spiritual nonsense. They get your phone number and not stop calling you for like three years straight. Oh, you have a background yeah. story, then I yeah, know. I do. Yeah, I know. Ooh, so not fun, but
0: but 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 it was like we we came out of that where one of the I think it was the second year I was a youth pastor, we had a conversation where it was like you know. Like, there's such a benefit in taking our kids to something like that. Having something like that. The problem is, is is that. (laughs) How cool would it be if we had something like that, that we knew was solid? And that's what led us to, like, well, let's let's see if we can create our own thing. Which now becomes the youth conference. So you have 30 or 40 different churches bringing 450 kids to it now. Mm -hmm. It's been going on for next year will be the 20th year you know but you went to acquire the fire cuz it was you wanted to expose your kids to things mm-hmm. and even though you exposed your kids to some things that like you didn't really feel like were, was great you were able to go back home and have conversations about that so in in the in the grand scheme of things you it's would still call a that benefit. almost like vaccinating them it's you still can a benefit
1: expose them to it and the, in a controlled environment in a
0: controlled environment so uh, I think that's a great question. We've never had that topic. And Tom, you know, I, I hope that that at least gave some clarity to um, kind of at least Calvary 316's position um, as, as I see it and articulate it on behalf of the rest of the elders. So. Absolutely. And uh, Tom, if you
1: watched this before Sunday, please introduce yourself to me because I'm, I'm not sure who you are because I'm mm-hmm. terrible with names and faces. If we have met before, I apologize.
0: I'm pretty sure from my vantage point, they're sitting on the left near the bay doors. Pretty, short. That Pretty sure that describes half of our sanctuary. <laughs> 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 okay. Duly noted. Uh, hey, can you explain real quick? You pulled out an old school t-shirt tonight. Oh yeah, I sure did. You want to explain the uh, kind of like the motive, like what that shirt was? So
1: um, this one, this is a shirt that Not we that anybody had. can get it now, but. No. Um, let me actually move a mic real quick. Reprint. So it's like a, it's a. Um, You're going to have to get back to the mic now. I will. I can still hear myself. So- I got a headphone. Um, it is, I believe uh, the Hebrew symbol yeah, for Arabic. moon. It's, a- it's Arabic. Arabic.
0: I'm black and in the same tell thing. You've butchered it. Yeah, go ahead. I actually, I'll let Justin. Justin's got a hat that has the same logo. Oh, he on. sure
1: does. Look at that. Uh-huh.
2: So it's the Arabic uh, letter. Noon uh, stands for Nazrani. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth basically. Uh, that's what they call uh, Christians. Uh, Daesh or Isis would go around putting the symbol on houses of Christians before they'd go in and kill them hard.
0: Yeah, Nazrani. Nazrani, yeah. So, Nasrani. So, Nasrani, it, yeah. so it was you it was it's been used as a as an indicator of Christians marked by Islamists for execution persecution. And mm-hmm. as a result, in a similar sense of like the Igthus you know the the fish going back to Roman times was used, you know, as kind of a, a mark of identification. Christians have kind of adopted the noon, the symbol meant for evil, as a badge of honor and solidarity. You're not worried about being executed, but there are people not currently. But there are people in the world that that symbol gets attached to, mm-hmm. and they are marked. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, an element of solidarity. And so we did we did a thing years ago at Calvary 316. We made a bunch of those shirts to raise awareness of the persecuted church um, and whatnot. so Yes. Deal Daddy, you got any final thoughts? No, man, I'm happy to be here.
3: We've addressed some crazy topics tonight, but I am happy to be back and just praying for everybody that's watching tonight and praying for everybody who's not watching.
0: Wonderful. Spice Daddy, any final thoughts?
2: No. I've had all my thoughts for the night. So. You got it,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
2: thought
3: it out. Mm-hmm.
1: Crave on. I am good. Good episode. Thank you, Tom, for the question. Um, thank you, Mike, for standing your ground.
0: It's a good right. show. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're rocking some music. Thank you so much for watching the Outlaw Radio Show. If you're watching, check out the podcast, uh, which is released on Thursday. Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, check out the podcast, again, released on Thursdays. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, check out the live stream, which is available uh, on OutlawRadio.live, which is our YouTube channel, as well as Facebook.com slash TheRadioOutlaw. Uh, So if you're listening, watch 8 o'clock Wednesday nights. If you're watching, listen on the podcast. Programming note, next week we will not be having the show. We have some church obligations, so join us in two weeks. God bless. Talk to you soon.